Good morning, everyone. How's everybody doing today? Are you good? I heard some stuff on the news about this is like the most depressed week of the year or something for people. Because it's been cloudy for a really long time and new year. But that's not us, right? Now, I'm actually preaching on joy next week, but I, I might need to pull it out <laughs> this morning. <laughs> you know, the scripture tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Not the joy of the circumstances. Not the joy of the weather. Because there's no joy in those things. But the joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. And so we look to the, our relationship with God for joy because we might not find it in the surroundings in our life. So let's try this again. Good morning, everyone. Thank you. Thank you for <laughs> going along with my statements. Uh, just a couple of practical announcements this morning just to remind you. Again, this doesn't necessarily apply to our first service right now, but to remind you uh, for parking, I know on our second service, if you ever are coming to our second service, sometimes our parking lot is getting full. But don't leave and drive home. The next two parking lots beside our building are available to us on Sunday morning, which more than doubles this parking lot. Uh, so if you come a little bit late or you come over here in those spot, you can always find a spot over there. And then also reminding you about if you gave it all to the city church last year, uh, but you moved and you didn't let us know about your address change, we would love to know about that address change. We're going to be mailing out receipts here shortly. And um, we don't want to send out your receipt and have it come back to us and then you searching for where it is. So if you did, um, you can email us at info at the citychurch.ca and there's also a QR code available at info um, for you to be able to do that. All right, we are in week three of our Made New Journal. And this week we are talking about relationships renewed. And if you weren't able to get one of our physical journals, I believe they're all uh, been given out at this point. You can go to the Bible app and you can search for our church or you can search for May New and you will see this, this graphic up there and you are able to register and follow along with us uh, through the Bible app. And so, um, you know, what we're doing with this journal and why we created this journal for this first part of the year is that we're wanting all of us to create some good, healthy habits. Because we know when we create good, healthy habits, there's good outcomes on the other side of that. And it's, you know, it's good to do, we all think about maybe uh, losing a few pounds in, in January or creating some sort of exercise regimen um, in the first part of the year. And these are all good things for us to do. We wanna have healthy bodies, but then we also wanna have healthy spirits. And so what this journal is designed to do, we're asking you to set some time aside every day, Monday to Friday, uh, for the full four weeks of this journal. Um, and it's easy to go through. It's not that long. There's some scriptures in there. There's a guided prayer. There's a thought for the day and uh, a spot for you to give like a personal reflection after you went through the journal. Now, don't make this exclusively all that you do as it relates to Bible reading. Obviously, there's some other things that you can do there. But sometimes when we think about uh, negative habits that we have, um, when we focus on those negative habits, we just end up thinking more about those habits. And a good solution to do that is just to think about what are the good things that we can do? What are the new habits that we can create in our lives? Because our, all of our habits take time, right? Those good and bad habits that we have. And if we take more time 
for good habits will have more good results. And this is uh, partly what this journal is designed to do for us to have um, good habits as it relates to our relationship with God. Um, Remember, encouraging you to do some fasting as we start out the year. Now, don't exclusively do fasting in January. Um, That we can do fasting throughout the year. In the first week of this series, if you missed it, we talked about uh, Jesus told us when we fast, not if we fast. So it should be part of the Christ follower's life um, that we are setting these natural things aside, uh, food aside for the purpose of spending more time with God, just not eating. These are good things to do. Eat less is a good thing to do. It doesn't hurt us in any way. Um, but eating less so that we are realizing that God is our ultimate source, that we are leaning more into him. Uh, the time that we would have been eating, we're thinking, you know what, I'm just going to lean into God uh, for this year, for 2023. The best thing all of us could do in 2023 is follow the will of God for our lives. It's the highest and best thing that we can do. So when we are setting that time aside, we are not eating for a day. And we said, maybe you could do a full fast, which is not eating and just drinking water, maybe for a day or two or a partial fast, skip a meal or two. Um, maybe there's certain elements of your diet that you're thinking, you know what, this is my main thing. It's like, well, let's eliminate that main thing and let's have God be our main thing. And then maybe some sort of soul detox, uh, less screen time, um, so that we, we can set those things aside and have good habits as it relates to our relationship with God. Are you enjoying fasting in January? <laughs> Second uh, Corinthians chapter five, verse 17 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And all of this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is in Christ. God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. So the, the first part of, of what I just read there is where we get this idea that we are made new in Christ. Now I read the full context because it just reminds us um, as we are going through this journal, the majority, of, the majority of it is for us, for us to grow in good habits and grow, grow closer to God. But again, the purpose for all of that is so that we can be good ambassadors for Christ. We want to represent Christ well, but then also that we are inviting other people into a relationship with God. So that's what we want to do as a church. We want to be the type of church where somebody can come in who doesn't have a relationship with God, and then we can walk with them into a salvation experience and then through a discipleship journey like we are all on. Amen? So God has made us new on the inside. So I'm a new creature. What does that mean? I'm new on the inside. If you looked a certain way before you got saved, you looked... You look the same afterwards, but on the inside, God has rebirthed us by his spirit. So he has done something on the inside of us, something that is brand new. So week one, we talked about prayer, that this is our disposition, that we should do this. We should spend time talking to God. Last week, we talked about our thoughts um, and how important our thoughts are and how they uh, create uh, the environment for our lives. So if you missed either of those messages, they're on our YouTube page. Um, And then you can also listen through our podcast. All right, so today we are talking about relationships renewed. Now we know we are relational beings. 
that God has created us in his image. God, uh, the preexistent God, the Trinitarian God, God, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit uh, in, the, in relationship together before creation. And so this is why we are relational beings, that God has made us in his image. And so we just have this natural affinity for relationships. Even the introverts in the room, even the introverts watching online, uh, those of us that are more introverted that sometimes you just like to be in the room with the other extroverts and you just like to watch them and see what's going on and sometimes you'll engage in the conversation and then you go home and you're exhausted because you're with people. And then the extroverts are like, I need more people to hang around. But wherever you are on that spectrum, we all need to be in relationships. God has called us to be in relationships. It is our natural setting and we need each other. We need each other because you are not a self-contained individual. Everything that is necessary in life is not in you only, but through relationships, we grow and we are challenged and we are inspired. And this is the type of relationships that God is calling us into. As followers of Jesus, he's calling us to be part of the church. He doesn't save us and then say, run to the mountains, run to the hills so that you can be alone. He's like, no, I'm saving you so you can be in my family. I'm saving you so that you can gather together and you can be with one another and you can pray for each other and care about each other and inspire each other and challenge each other. And so these, all of these good things happen in the context of relationships. Proverbs 27, 17 says this, iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. First Thessalonians 5, 11 says this, therefore encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. So God calls us to be good friends to somebody else. We need to know who are the people that we are doing this for. Who are the people in our lives that we are sharpening? And then who are the people that are sharpening us? Mutually beneficial relationships. These are the type of relationships that God is calling us into. That iron sharpens iron. So there's an exchange of ideas. There's an exchange of thoughts. There's an exchange of practices. So as we follow Jesus and God calls us into these relationships, we're supposed to be sharpening each other and then encouraging each other. Because we all need encouragement sometimes, right? Because at any moment we could be like, it's January and it's been gray for a really long time. And this is a hard season or I'm going through a hard season. And so what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to encourage each other. In other words, somebody can borrow the courage you have in this moment because they don't have any of their own. But God is calling us to encourage each other, sharpen each other. Listen, good friends will inspire you. You can watch the activity of their lives. You can see what they're doing. And if they're a little further ahead in life than you are, you can be inspired by what they are doing. Never, never look at somebody who's further ahead than you and just be like, oh, I can never get that far. And sort of compare yourself and then put yourself now down. No, no, be inspired. If somebody else is achieving something else in life and this is your, your lane of life, be inspired by them. Be excited what God has done in their lives because God can do the same thing in your life. Good friends inspire us. Good friends challenge us challenge us to change. 
If you, if there's, if there's somebody, you know, in the church that you, uh, a married couple that you are, uh, you see their marriage, you think maybe their marriage looks a little bit better than ours. And it, it can challenge you. You say, well, I, need, I want to get to this level. And so it challenges us to change. Good friends will do that. They will sharpen you. Good friends will enjoy life with you, celebrate with you. You get into a school, you get a raise, you get a promotion, you go into a new house, whatever the situation may be, good friends will celebrate you. And then on the other side, good friends will walk with you through difficult times. If you're struggling with things, this is what good friends are for. And this is a part of the reason we have groups here at the City Church as we're getting ready to launch here next week. We don't have groups just because it's quite a, you know, a bunch of other churches have groups. No, we have groups so that we can create an environment for friendship. You know, it's great for us to gather and worship and, and to hear the word of God, but we need smaller environments so that our friendships can grow. And especially if you are newer to the city church and like, I, you know, I, I meet some people here at the church, but it's, it's so fast. We're in and out on a Sunday. This is what groups are for. It's a, it's a different type of environment. It's a smaller environment where you can meet somebody so that all of these things can happen. All of these things that, that, we can, that we just talked about, all of these th- things can happen in the context of good, healthy relationships. Now, one of the things that we all know about relationships, even though that we are designed for relationships, we are made for them, we crave them, relationships will go sideways, right? They'll, they'll hit a rough spot. Have you ever been in a relationship? that hit a rough spot, and all of us have. Even though we're designed for relationships, we're gonna face difficulty in the context of our relationship. We know that our relationship with God was broken because of sin. But God is in the business of making us new. He has made us new. And so God has made a way for us to be made right with him. This is the centerpiece of our faith, that God restores relationship. And so that motif should be made true in our lives, that that thought process is how we should live our lives. God has made a relationship new with us, and so we should know how to make relationships new when they hit a rough patch. Now, we know that it's easy to reconcile with God. He has done all of the work. He is perfect. See, when we, when we get at odds with God, it's, it's very easy to know what the problem is. The problem is us. The problem is never God, right? He's perfect. He's holy. He's righteous. So there's never a question, who's right, who's wrong? Uh, we're wrong. God is right. And then, but he takes on all of that responsibility and Jesus on the cross and then makes us new. But here on the horizontal level, the problem with the other people, you know those other people that you're struggling with right now that you've hit a rough patch with? The problem is both of you are a mess. Me too. We've all got stuff. We all say the wrong thing sometimes. We all take the wrong actions sometimes. And it's just very easy, just very easy. And it makes us feel good to think the problem is, is the other people in my life. The problem is them. It's not me. I'm not the problem. 
I'm a nice guy. They're the problem. How they're perceiving life is the problem. What we need in our relationships hit a rough patch is we need tools to get back on track. We need the right tools to get back on track. Now, I, I can think of a few relationships in my life as, as I look back and miscommunication on both sides. It wasn't all just their fault. Now, there might be some things in my life I look back, it was all the other person's fault, but we won't talk about that today. I'm just joking. We can look back, it was like, man, there was just, there's problems on both sides and we were able to work through it. Sometimes it took a really long time. Sometimes it took a couple of years. So what do we need to reconcile those relationships? We need, we need the right tools because ultimately this, and we know the answer is forgiveness is the only way back. Forgiveness is the only way back to reconciled relationship. See, when we are in a relationship with another human being and something goes wrong, we, we feel like it, it's good. It, it's good. Everything is good together. And all of a sudden, something happens, right? And then there's a gap here in the relationship. Something goes awry, and then there's a distance between us. And a lot of times, the, the tools of our flesh that we fill that gap with are just feelings of offense, pain, unforgiveness, bitterness, betrayal, the hardest one. And sometimes, man, that is real. If you've ever been betrayed, you, like there, there's no relationship right now. You betrayed me, you lied to me. And there's a gap in the relationship. And what do we fill that gap with? We could just fill it automatically with just feelings of hate. Just hate this person because of what they did. I'm so angry at this person. And then, and then what happens? I mean, just naturally speaking, we just, we, just, we just send angry thoughts to them, right? If somehow we still follow them on Instagram and they show up in our feed, we're like, Ugh. and we just think, the angry eyes is going to send bad vibes to them. And somehow they're going to feel it on the other side. Most likely, they're not even thinking about you. But your whole life now is dominated by this gap in the relationship. And listen, the reality is sometimes people do terrible things to us. And there's this gap. And they don't even know they've done terrible things. And they don't even know how we're feeling. Hard, angry thoughts we're sending out, thinking about. And then the other thing we do after we do those things is we, we want to talk about them. Better known as gossip. Why? Because this, there's a gap. I just need to, listen, I just want to tell you about this gap in my life. I want to tell you they did this and then they, they said this. Forget about what I did. No, don't worry about that right now. Forget about the things that I did. And, but here's what they did. And there's this gap. And I just want to tell you about this gap. And listen, it doesn't mean that you can't have a close friend that you have to process life through and just figure out situations. We all need to do that. 
But what are we gonna do with that gap? Because filling it with hate is not gonna work. Filling it with, I'm sending out hard, mad thoughts to them aren't gonna work. Because what is the result? Proverbs 18, 19. A brother offended is more unyielding than a strong city and a quarreling. And quarreling is like the bars of a castle. In other words, there's no way in. Have you ever been offended like this? You're just sitting in a castle and you're just bar, like, don't, don't, don't try to fix it with me. I'm offended. I'm angry. This is how it feels. This is what we want to do. And the reality is this, we can be offended or we can be the offender in any relationship that's gone sideways. And there's usually some sort of mix of the two because sometimes we're just too sensitive are you out there this morning? Yes, sir. Sometimes we're just too sensitive. And did you see what? Did you see how they looked at me? Um, no. <laughs> Maybe they were looking past you, and you thought that they were, and they just weren't. We could just be really too sensitive sometimes, and then we're in a castle, and there's bars all around us because of what people have done or what we perceived that they have done. Listen, you don't need me to keep explaining that. You know what that's like, right? This is the human experience. So what what is the solution for us? Number one is we need to slow our reactions. Proverbs 19, verse 11. Good sense makes one slow to anger and it is his glory to overlook an offense. Let's read it again. Good sense makes one slow to anger and it is his glory to overlook an offense. See, sometimes we are quick to react and I would say, honestly, the culture at large is training us to be quick to react about everything. Here's what you need to be upset about. Here's what you need to be bothered about. If, you don't, if you're not bothered about this, you're not a good person. But this, the, the scripture is telling us here, good sense makes one slow, slow to anger. So we've got to slow down our reactions. James 1.19, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Now, if we're honest, and if I'm honest with you this morning, I'm very fast to speak. I like to talk. And if I hear something in my earshot that I don't like, I'm generally the first one to respond. But then that could just get us into trouble if we're just fast to speak. Let every person be quick to hear. Maybe there's something that I didn't hear the first time through. Maybe, there, maybe there's something I didn't understand. Uh, quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. I'm gonna be quick to listen. Um, my, my fuse is going to get a lot longer. It's going to take something really serious to make me mad. Number two, we need to make peace our goal. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14 says this, strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. 
See it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. See, unforgiveness can move to bitterness. Does anybody know what I'm talking about today? Unforgiveness, we're holding it and we're thinking about it and we're angry and we're sending out angry thoughts and we talk about it. And then all of a sudden, that unforgiveness we had, I made it become bitterness. It wasn't the action that the person took all as imperfect as it was, that I turned this unforgiveness into bitterness. And then what happens? Just people are defiled by bitterness. Have you ever spoken to someone or have you ever been there? You've just been really bitter. Man, it's a hard place to be. It's a hard place to live. And we don't actually want to live in a bitter place. We, we don't actually want to live in this constant gap with other people. Although they are gonna happen a lot of the time because there's just, the only option we have is other imperfect human beings to be in relationship. This is our only option. Number three, we have to choose forgiveness. And I'm very specific with my words there. You have to choose to forgive because you are not going to feel like it. I don't feel like forgiving people. We don't feel like forgiving people. But we don't want to live in this gap in our lives where there's just hate and anger and bitterness constantly there in our lives. We have to choose to forgive. Again, God, God shows us the way for us to have relationships, successful relationships. Ephesians 4, 31 let all bitterness, wrath, and anger, and clamor, and slander be put away from you with all malice. Verse 22, verse 32 rather says this, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. How did God reconcile his relationship with us? How did he do it? He forgave us. And see, forgiveness is our choice and our choice alone. Reconcil reconciliation takes two people, takes two human beings to are gonna decide we're gonna be in relationship together after this thing. But sometimes the reality is that other person is done, is done with the relationship. They have no interest in reconciliation. But what is our responsibility when that other person doesn't want to reconcile? Well, what is our choice? Should we live in this hate land, in this unforgiving place that becomes bitterness and ruins our lives and everybody around us? What is, my, what is a better choice for me, even if they don't want to reconcile? And then even if I am, honestly, here's this. If you've been hurt so bad in a relationship, you, you're not interested in going back. You're not interested in reconciling with that individual. You don't trust them. All trust is broken. 
what, what, what is left for us to do? Forgive. Forgiveness. Forgiveness is our only option. Otherwise, we just live a bitter, angry, frustrated, hate-filled life. Because our, our choice, our choice is bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, slander, malice. 32, kind, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God and Christ forgave you. Because the reality is this, friends. We need forgiveness too. We really need forgiveness. We're gonna need it. We should be quick to give it. And ultimately, when we give forgiveness, here's the reality. Forgiveness will cost you something. Because forgiveness costs. Forgiveness costs Jesus, didn't it? That he had to willingly go to the cross. Forgiveness costs us something. What, what is it costing me? It's costing me my option of revenge. Slander, bitterness, it's costing me all of these things. But instead, I'm going to walk free. I'm not going to let these gaps control my life. Because again, sometimes people just did it on purpose. Why would I let somebody who didn't love me and care about me control my thinking, my thoughts? But God, who does love you and does care about you, tells us all, as he did for us, forgive. We're going to let it go. I'm going to physically, we can illustrate it like this. We, we can hold all the stuff, right? All the stories we want to tell. Listen, I have been in church my whole life. All of my stories are from other Christians, all of them. I've never been tormented by atheists. <laughs> all of my stories, they're all from other believers, other pastors, all, 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 get it what I'm saying? All of them. And the hard part is, again, we have expectations for our brothers and sisters to not do this. But Ephesians is written to the church with the expectation you're going to have an opportunity for malice and slander and all the rest of it. But we can hold it, can't we? We can, just, we can hold it for years. I know because I've done it. We just hold on to it. But forgiveness is just letting it go. Not that it was right, because it wasn't right. It was betrayal. It was a difficulty. But bitterness will defile our lives. And then not just our lives, our, our family and our friends, if we're carrying this thing around, God is wanting us to forgive. Last thing that really takes it over the top is that God actually wants us to pray for the people that hurt us. And I'm telling you, this is the hardest one. Matthew 5, 43, you have heard it said, shall love your neighbor, hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes the sun to rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. 
If you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? Tax collectors, the worst sinners you could think of. They, they do that already. And so what is Jesus calling us to do? To love the people that have done us wrong and then to go beyond that, not just love them and forgive them, but actually pray for them. Now, again, I've done this verse grudgingly. And, and sometimes the only prayer I can get out is Lord bless them if you can. <laughs> just gotta be honest with you. That was it, that's all I had. I'm not sure if you can, but Lord, you know, you can figure out a way. <laughs> but here's the other reality. After I was able to get through that season, if that person continues to act and live like that, they're just gonna do damage their whole lives. They actually need prayer. They need someone to pray for them. Someone who's not just gonna live in that gap. Someone who's gonna go beyond the gap and do the words of Jesus. And this is, this is a challenging part of living for Jesus. Wouldn't you agree? And he wants us to forgive. He wants us to let it go. And then he's saying, I, I want you to pray for them. And then finally this, with our relationships. Is that friends bear each other's burdens. And it kind of sounds like this. What can I do to help? And this is the type of church that we want to be. How can I help you right now in the season of life that you're in? This is why we have prayer after the service for people that might need prayer, somebody to pray for them, pray with them. Galatians 6 one says this, brother, it, brothers, if anyone is caught in a transgression, make sure you go public with it and tell everybody. You who are spiritual, this word is defined many different ways in the church. But what are the spiritual people doing? Uh, restore him in a spirit of gentleness, caught in a transgression, a sin, a mess up, created a gap. And what, what are the spiritual people gonna do? I, I wanna restore this person. Because it's easy just to cut somebody loose, right? If anyone is caught in a transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him. Listen, in the spirit of gentleness, keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Oh, so we, when we restore somebody, we're not coming in with this arrogance. <laughs> I would never have done this. <laughs> I was just telling you. No, we're gonna, with some humility, we're gonna go into that situation, knowing our own flesh, knowing our own shortcomings, not pretending that we have never transgressed God's laws. And this is the spiritual thing to do. What is it? It's, it's a horizontal thing. It's, it's finding somebody that's going through a difficult time. It's like, hey, you know what? How do we restore this? How do we get back? Verse two, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. 
clamor and the malice and the slander are not good options for us. Finally, this Proverbs 17, 17 says, a friend, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. And again, this is why we want you to have friends at church because you're gonna go through something sometimes and you're gonna need a friend. And then somebody you know at church is gonna go through something sometimes and they're going to need you so that you can encourage them and you can strengthen them and you can inspire them and you can sharpen them. Aren't you thankful for the church today? Aren't you thankful for the family of God? Amen, let's pray. God, we love you today. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, that you are the one that restores all relationships, starting with our own, with you. God, we are so grateful for the forgiveness and grace and mercy that you give us and you give it to us all of the time. It's available to us. God, we love you for that. We love you for your grace. God, and we pray that you help us to fulfill your law, your law of love. And you're asking us to do this, Lord, in the middle of some painful feelings, tough situations where people have been hurt and betrayed. But God, you know the way forward, the way of freedom is through forgiveness and you show us that way. So God, we pray you, you search our hearts and you show us areas where we've been holding stuff and having our lives dominated by anger and hate and frustration. God, instead we wanna be consumed by your grace the grace that you have given to us, that you want us to give to others. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, if you are here this morning and you feel like you don't have a relationship with God, you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. What we talked about today, restored relationship that we want with individuals, you know, God has made a way for us to have a relationship with himself. And it's all because of Jesus. Jesus came, lived a sinless life, died on the cross. God raised him from the dead. And in the act of doing that, Jesus took all of our sins, all of what us what separated us from God. And all we have to do today is say yes to that relationship, say yes to God's righteousness. That is the most important restored relationship that we can have in our lives. Or maybe you're here this morning and you know you feel like you used to be close to God, but maybe something happened along the way and you kind of feel like your relationship with God is distanced right now. You know, God is not mad at you this morning. God is calling you close to himself again. So I'm gonna pray a prayer here in a second. And if you are in either of these, these two categories, I invite you to pray along with me just to say yes to Jesus. So church, we're gonna pray this out loud, maybe praying with somebody who praying it for the first time or rededicating their life to Christ. So let's all bow our head and close our eyes and let's pray this out loud together. 
God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he lived a sinless life. He died on the cross and you raised him from the dead so I could know you. So I say yes to that relationship today. I say yes to your righteousness. God, I call you my father. Jesus, I call you my Lord. God, I purpose to follow after your ways and I turn from my own. I thank you for salvation today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.